The Arizona State Sun Devils lost a lot on both sides of the ball this offseason due to the NCAA transfer portal, but will the team be able to survive these losses? We take a look at the offense on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and as always, I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications too, so you get an update every time we post new content, which of course is Monday through Friday. If you love Arizona State Sun Devils content. Follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. And follow at All Sun Devils for all the content that I'm posting all the time for everything Arizona State. You guys have no excuse to not be in touch with everything going on with Arizona State. Let's go ahead and jump right into today's conversation. Looking at the transfers that Arizona State suffered. The team had 17 players enter the transfer portal this offseason. Of course, Omar Norman Lott is back, but the rest of the guys are gone. And there's a lot of them. Both both sides of the ball, too, offensive and defensively, and not just like smaller name players, like there's some big name guys who are no longer with the program. Looking at the offensive side of the ball first, there's a lot to replace. You have to replace your starting quarterback. You have to replace one of your top two running backs. You have some offensive linemen to replace. You have to replace your top two receivers, top maybe top three receivers if you want to go that far, plus some depth. There's a backup quarterback you have to replace, and your kicker if you want to include him on the offensive side of the ball as well. So I would I would like to go piece by piece on what is missing from this Arizona State roster because of the NCAA transfer portal and assess whether or not the Sun Devils are in a position to be able to effectively, not so much replace, but continue moving forward without taking too many steps back without these guys, or if this is going to be a devastating loss. Now, let's start with the elephant in the room, of course, being Jaden Daniels, the starting quarterback for Arizona State. The starter for the team for the last three seasons is gone from the program. It completely blindsided. Arizona State, we had no idea this was coming and really just kind of left left everything Arizona State Sun Devils kind of in a limbo. We really didn't know what was going to happen with the program. You lost your starting quarterback and not just that, but like a pretty quality one. Yes, he was coming off a pretty bad season, but prior to that, the dude was pretty dang good. There was a lot of reason to believe that maybe 2021 was an outlier year and that Jaden Daniels could rebound and turn back into that NFL prospect that he appeared that he could have been through his first two seasons. He's getting that chance now with LSU. Looking at the loss with Arizona State. Now, initially, this devastated the roster. This was this was a transfer that made you feel like it was going to be impossible to rebound from. That kind of quarterback play 
for better or for worse, is difficult to replace. And Arizona State has been the pinnacle of consistency at quarterback over the last 10 plus years. Because you went from you went from Taylor Kelly to Mike Bercovici to Manny Wilkins to Jaden Daniels. Four guys in the last 10 plus years. That's dating back to like 2011. That is unheard of. There are a lot of programs who go through quarterbacks like tissues. So Sun Devil fans, we have been spoiled with very good quarterback play. And now the future of the quarterback position is anything but certain. And it was even more uncertain when Jaden left. You had Paul Tyson transfer to the program from Alabama, a former four-star quarterback. And for what it's worth, the grandson of the legendary Alabama head coach, Bear Bryant. And he came to the program and everyone got really excited and was like, okay, this is the guy who's going to push Jaden. And you're right. He did push him right out of the program. Trenton Borgay is still there. He was a guy who knows the, knows the offense, knows his teammates, redshirt junior. So he's been with the program for a little bit. Uh, there are some other guys on the roster as well who weren't exactly going to be um, competing for the starting role. Dalen McLemore was another guy who, is listed on the depth chart and this, that, and the other. But at the time of spring camp, this is what you had. And it ended up being pretty unimpressive and had a lot of us very worried about what was going to happen next for the program. The good news is you ended up landing Emory Jones, the former Florida Gators starting quarterback comes to your program. He truly is so similar to what Jaden Daniels was at least in terms of what they did last year, almost carbon copies of each other. And Emory Jones had a lot more flashier games than Jaden did. Now, Jaden got benched once last year, and it was when we were getting blown out by Wazoo. Emory was benched several occasions in favor of the backup quarterback, Anthony Richardson, who now is, you can see him in 2023 mock drafts as like a top 10 pick. People love him that much. I don't know what the leash is going to look like for Emory Jones in Arizona State. I don't know if he's going to be benched as easily as he was in Florida if he gets benched at all. I just don't know the confidence level that you have. So when we're talking about replacing Jaden, Emory Jones really helped you out. The addition of Emory Jones made it so that in a worst-case scenario, you're getting equal quarterback play to what you had last year with Jaden in a, in a best case scenario, you might've upgraded. You might've been able to get a better quarterback than what he was last year. But at the same time, there is also that possibility that Emery continues to regress as he did towards the tail end of last season. And if that happens and the other guys behind him come up, you know, Paul Tyson, Trenton Borgay, and they don't impress either, you're going to be in for a very long season. Part of the reason why Arizona State has had, I think, one losing season in the last 12 years is because of the consistency at quarterback that you have had. That is gone. You are going into 2022 with complete unfamiliarity. Trenton Borgay is the guy who has the most experience, and he has, I think, 17 career pass attempts. There's a lot of question marks here. We're hoping that Emory is able to fill that void. 
I do like Emory Jones quite a bit. I've been on record before as saying I think he is an upgrade over what you had with Jaden Daniels in terms of 2021 production. But as far from a guarantee that he's going to be able to continue playing as well as Jaden, if not better. It's a new system. It's a new program. There are a lot of very high expectations that have already been placed on Emory. We'll have to see. Final verdict. I personally think you upgraded. But that is very lofty expectations that I have on Emory. I I am very guilty of having high expectations for Emory. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I just feel like he's he's at least what you had with Jaden. And if he is that, then you're going to coast again to another eight-win season. If he's better, heck, you could compete for, you know, like third place in the Pac-12 behind, you know, Oregon and Utah. I, I don't see why you can't compete with USC. I don't see why you can't compete with UCLA if you get better quarterback play than what you had last year. We'll see. Again, final verdict. Personally, I think you upgraded. I can totally understand why anybody else would be skeptical, though. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to continue the conversation looking at some of the skill position guys who departed for other teams via the NCAA transfer portal. This is Locked on Sunnivals podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today (laughs) or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sundowns your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Back into this conversation. There there was a lot of departures all over the team for Arizona State. It wasn't just the quarterback position. Offensively, you lost a handful of offensive linemen. You lost four wide receivers. But the biggest loss, perhaps, was Chip Trainum who was going to be in line undoubtedly for the starting running back position for the team. Chip was a really, really good player for Arizona State. He had some shortcomings last year. He had some fumbling issues that led to him getting benched at times, but there was also a lot to like about Chip in in what he was able to show you on the field. He was a guy who was averaging over five yards of carry for his career, uh, scored 10 touchdowns in 13 games. This He was a very efficient guy. Again, he had his warts last year, but there was a lot of reason to be excited for Chip coming into this year before he quickly decided to transfer. And not just transfer, he goes to Ohio State and he straight up changes positions. He is playing linebacker now. He is no longer a running back. That obviously had something to play into when we're talking about why Chip probably transferred is that he was going to be playing a new position. But 
if he had stayed and if he had stayed at running back, goodness gracious, there definitely was a bit of a drop off. I love Daniel Nagata. Love him. I am beyond excited for him. I've been on record for this as well, saying I think he's like Eno Benjamin Light. I think he can be that good. If Chip Trainum stayed, he was undoubtedly the number one running back on the team. Nagata would have been number two. So Xavier Valade does not transfer to the program because he would not have been willing to be the third running back, and no one can blame him. You don't know about the rest of the guys. Heck, Nagata could have transferred. You know, there there's a lot of things that are different if Chip stays, but one of the things that remains the same is you have a chunk yards guy who has a nose for the end zone. He's gone now. You brought in Valade that is going to help mend the wound. You're hoping that Nagata can step up. There were times last year where he looked better than Chip. You have Deontay Elliott. You have George Hart III. You have Tevin White. So you have a very good stable of running backs. To me, I'm not slamming the panic button if I'm in Arizona State. And I'm not freaking out. It is a loss that you lose Chip Tranum. He was a very quality back for you. It's not the end-all be-all. I think what hurt the most with this departure is that you also lost Rashad White to the NFL in the same offseason. If you didn't lose Rashad, you're not missing a beat. But you lost Rashad, you lost Chip, you're going to the guy who was your third string running back, you're going to a player who played at the University of Wyoming, so it's not like he's playing Pac-12 competition all the time. There, there are certainly large question marks, regardless of my my confidence level that this run game is still going to be great. There are definitely things that we're not certain about. Overall, I think this is another this is another wound that you'll be able to get by from because of the depth and the guys you have replacing him. Because Valade is very experienced. He's a great pass catcher. Nagata, again, I felt like he looked like the best running back on the field at times last year. You've got him as well. You got some good depth behind him. And you still have a mobile quarterback. I think that's another factor for Emory Jones. If you didn't bring in Jones and you had to roll with Borgay or Tyson, losing Chip would have hurt even more. Because Chip really accentuated um, Jaden Daniels' play last year and made him better, just like Jaden made him better. They complemented each other the way they were able to run the football. So you you lost Chip, you lost Jaden, you lost a huge part of your run game, but you were able to bring in Emery to help replace Jaden. And because of that, and you added Zazavian Valade, and you've got the other depth, you should, in theory, be able to pick back up where you left off. So I'm not worried there. Here's where I am worried looking at wide receiver. You lost four guys or five. I I think it was four. We're going to double check right now. You lost Ricky Pearsall. He's the big one. He was your number one receiver last year. You lost LV Bunkley Shelton, the guy who I was very, very high on. You lost Johnny Wilson. You lost Jordan Porter and you lost Lanyata Alexander. So yeah, he lost five receivers. 
in one offseason. That is unprecedented. I have no idea how you survive that. So the short of it, before I dive into a little bit of detail, this is a huge problem. This is something I don't know how you survive. You can't lose five guys. Even if they're five guys who never saw the field, that is crucial death that you lost. Now, you did bring in Cam Johnson, and I am super excited about Cam Johnson. Talk to him a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. You guys should definitely go check that out if you haven't listened to that episode. But Cam Johnson, I think, is a very good player. I would have been 10 times more excited if Ricky Pearsall was still here to have the idea of Pearsall and Cam Johnson and Andre Johnson and uh, Brian Thompson. I would have really liked that receiving core. Honestly, if if you had kept LV Bunkley Shelton, it would have felt the same way. But you lost Pearsall and you lost Bunkley Shelton, two of your top five receivers from last year, your top two wide receivers from last year. Pierce all goes to Florida. He's immediately going to be one of their top receivers. Bunkley Shelton going to Oklahoma. He should be featured in the offense quite a bit. I would imagine definitely going to be a special teams player for them as well. They've got a couple guys there. I'm pretty sure they have like some first round talent at wide receiver. I just don't know the name and don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure they do though, but neither here nor there. But you lose those two guys who would have come into this year as wide receiver one and wide receiver two. That hurts. You lost Jordan Porter. Crucial depth. Crucial, crucial depth. He didn't get a lot of opportunities at Arizona State, which is probably the biggest reason why he left. Johnny Wilson flashed a lot last year. He was a six foot six guy, so big, tall, lanky frame. Throw the ball up, let him come down with it. Uh, Lanyada Alexander, we didn't get to see like at all. Maybe legitimately at all. Yeah. Play the snap for Arizona State. So you can say that's not a loss in quotes, but it's depth. So looking at wide receiver, how you replace that, I don't know. The short answer is you're not. There's just no way. There are way too many losses here. Depth-wise, talent-wise, it's a lot to overcome. I love Cam Johnson. I am banking on Brian Thompson to get back to what he was at Utah, and I am manifesting Andre Johnson to be the pinnacle of consistency this year. Those three do not replace those five. It's simple math. It's simply looking at the talent level. It's it's something you just can't do. So I really hope that we're able to find some kind of consistency out at the wide receiver spot. I am absolutely not counting on it. Let's go ahead and hop into our last break. Now, when we return, we're going to go through the offensive line really quick and then just give my final overall thoughts for the offense. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And as always, make sure that you guys are staying in touch with everything Pac-12 related by tuning in to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less every single day of the week. Just like Locked On Sun Levels, it's free and available on all platforms. So stay in touch with the Pac-12 by making that your second listen of the day. Looking at the offensive line, there were some pretty big losses here. You lost Ezra Dons, uh, Dotson Oyetade, I believe is how you pronounce that. He was projected as one of your starters this year. You lost 
Um, Spencer Lovell was another guy who was projected to be one of your starters. And you lost Sion Vicoso. And that was crucial depth. Lovell, probably the biggest loss for you there, as he was projected to be one of the bigger, more important starters for the team. That's a tough, tough loss. I look at the offensive line. The good news is I think you can sustain the losses. You certainly did not upgrade. But at the same time, I don't look at the offensive line and sit there and say, wow, this is 10 times worse than it was last year. The biggest losses more than anything are Donovan West and Kellen Deesh to the NFL. Because you you brought back Ladarius Henderson, who is outstanding. You brought back uh, Ben Scott moving inside the center. That's going to be a good play. You brought in some guys outside who were going to end up coming into the program and likely have some major uh, starting roles for the team. Uh, Emmett Bowley is one of the guys that I am I am banking on to be a very important factor on the offense, offensive line, excuse me. I think it's a very, very big deal that he's going to be there. Um, oh my God, they brought in a Penn State kid and that's going to kill me that I can't remember his name. But he's he helps provide the depth. I'm going to be trying to figure out his name. So you guys will just have to bear with me as I'm trying to do that. But point being is your offensive line is definitely, look, it's worse because you lost five players. It's the same conversation we just had at wide receiver. Like it's hard to replace that kind of depth. The good news is unlike receiver, you still had really good players that remained. If you lost Ladarius Henderson, oh my goodness, the sky would be falling on that offensive line. But you still have him. He is potentially an all-Pac-12 kind of player. He could potentially find himself in the NFL next year. That is a good offensive lineman you held on to. Ben Scott, another really good player that you were able to hold on to. I'm excited for Emmett Bully, who's going to be playing on the left side. Isaiah Glass is someone who's going to be competing for some starting time as well. You've got, um, again, you got the Penn State kid, and it's just absolutely killing me that I can't think of what his name is. But there's there's plenty to like on this offensive line that helps you think that you might be able to get by this year without being absolutely decimated. You're really hoping that that's going to end up being the case. Because if it's not, it's going to be very difficult this year for the Sun Devils to move the ball offensively because you're going to want to run the heck out of the football. That's going to be your bread and butter. You lose that, you lose that ability to move the football at your own pace and at your own comfort level. That's a big loss. Final overall thoughts. The offense has taken a lot of hits. It is going to take steps backwards. I guarantee you that. It was not a great offense last year. It is going to be, in a best-case scenario, as good as it was last year. It is not going to be better. It is probably going to be worse. You are really hoping that someone steps up in the passing game to help open up this offense underneath. Because if you can't, 
get someone to stretch the field. You can't someone to make defenses respect the middle of the field. And they stack the box on Emery and they stack the box on this run game and they pressure this offensive line. Your whole offense is going to crumble. So I would tell you the biggest thing here is the offense needs their receivers to step up. And maybe not even just the receivers. The tight ends need to step up too. Messiah Swenson and Jalen Conyers need to step up. They need to become factors in the passing game. If they can find a way to do that, Arizona State can mitigate these losses. They're not going to be better. If they are, outstanding. I would love to be wrong. There is nothing I would love more than to be wrong about that. But the offense is going to take a step back. It is just the nature of the beast. It is what it is, as they say. We'll see. I think that you have the players in place to help you survive. I do not think you have the players in place to be better than what you were. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just where you're at. But that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils. So again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you want to stay in touch with everything Arizona State, make sure you're following me on Twitter at richiebrads 36 Follow the podcast while you're there at LO underscore Sun Devils and follow the content that I'm putting out for Sports Illustrated as well at All Sun Devils. If you're following all three, you're going to be in touch with everything that's going on with the Arizona State Sun Devils football team with no issues at all. But that does do it for this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. So until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.